Hello, I'm Sean Capri, gamer, podcaster, human being. Every day, millions of podcasts are downloaded onto smart cellular telephones. These are incredible devices that have changed our lives for the better, but sadly, more podcasts are going unrated on iTunes now more than ever. An unrated podcast can suffer dire consequences. But if you act today, if you review We The GamerCast right now, you can ensure this cute little hungry podcast will get the nutrition and education it needs to grow up to be a doctor or a teacher. If you rate We The GamerCast on iTunes today, screen cap your review and tweet at Sean Capri, hashtag WeTheGamerCast, and we'll send you a photo of Sean eating a gluten-free sandwich and reading a comic book. We'll also read your review at the top of the show. To make the biggest impact, you can show your support with a haiku review. Don't let your favorite podcast go hungry. Support Canadian creators today and help end sappy appeals like this one. Hey, you motherfuckers. If you want to actively dislike some bitches, you should listen to the Comics Dash podcast because we suck. But not as much as Aquaman, Green Arrow, and Harley Quinn. Find out what other things suck every Monday on WeTheNerdy.com, iTunes, Android Store, wherever you get your good podcasts at. Sean Capri, and welcome to episode 61 of We The Gamer Cast. It's hosted by the website, wethenerdy.com, and it publishes on the iTunes and the Google Play every single Monday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and rating us on iTunes, just like Sarah McLaughlin wants you to. She wants you to save podcasts like We The Gamer Cast, so thank you if you already have, and if, uh, if you're on the toilet right now listening, then that makes two of us. I, that would be weird. If I was recording this on the that might be a little strange. You'd probably hear the echo uh, of, the, of the bathroom, the tiles, and all that good stuff. So thank you guys for being here. It's not always about toilet talk. Uh, if you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet, and we talk about video games, we get to know each other. And if you want to be part of the show, it's easy. Just send me a tweet, at Sean Capri, at Sean like Connery Capri, like the pants. And that's how we start every show, as it turns out. How are you? I hope that um, you're listening to this and you are in a positive mood. If you're not, then I think that this might lift your spirits a little bit. We have Seamus Mullins, a guy who probably for the first 20 episodes, maybe even 30 episodes, I would give him a special shout out at the end of every show because he's the one who started this all. And I get into it a little bit in my chat, but I just want to be clear on something. If it wasn't for Seamus, I, we would, you and I, listener, we would not be here right now. Um, I, we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be having this, this conversation. The show would be nothing. I had an idea one year ago that I wanted to do podcasting, and I wanted to do it a little bit differently. And I was watching Marin. Mark Marin does a podcast very similar to this one, very much more successful, <laughs> uh, much bigger. And I saw his his TV show Marin, and it's just 
his life sort of fictionalized a little bit, but it showed him recording the podcast, throwing on his, his headphones, getting in front of a microphone inside his garage and just talking. And for whatever reason, that's all I needed to conceptualize the entire thing that I would have a new guest every week that people have interesting stories to tell. We all have kind of a common ground of where we discovered games or the magic that we all feel when we play them. Um, There's a lot of nostalgia that comes along with that kind of stuff. So I wanted to build a show that was about the guests. And that I want. the other reason is that whenever I would write into a show or when other people write into shows and they hear themselves on the podcast that they love the most, it's something special. And I wanted to be able to give that opportunity, but in a longer form. Because even though you get your little moment on that show, you get a little chance to write in a question or a comment or a response and they read it back. And it, it's a very special, it's fleeting though. It's, it's just for a moment that you get to be, you know, on a podcast. So I wanted a way to bring more people into the fold, give people that, that moment. That's truly the spirit of we, the gamer cast. I think that's truly the spirit of we, the nerdy in general. I talked to Andrew Semichek, my guest last week about that last week. I just love the communal sense, this inclusive nature of being geeks of being nerds and just talking. It's like a safe space, but that sounds kind of too airy fairy. It, it just, it's just the place that we can just talk about the things that we obsess about. And it was fun because I got to go back. I've been avoiding listening to old episodes. Um, I feel like the show did take a turn at some point. Probably, like, definitely when when Bobby came around, the Nintendo guru. Um, And I wish I... I, There are... There's... I wish I knew the the episode where I started screaming hey at the beginning. Because even that, like, I was very scripted. In the, in the early goings, like a lot of what I was saying in these, in these intros was right off of a page. I would write it out. I wanted it to sound professional and I had this certain expectation, which is silly. And anybody else who's starting a podcast, if you just let that go, it is so freeing and you'll find that the imperfections are all part of the character or who knows, maybe I'm losing listeners every time I say, uh, or whatever, but to me, it doesn't even matter. I don't even look at the numbers. It does. I get so much sort of intrinsic rewards not even intrinsic it's just i get a lot out of just having this interaction with everybody everybody who sends me a tweet everybody who wants to be a part of this show and i promise i will get to you that like what a great problem to have i like we have a bit of a waiting list which is great and i'm sorry that uh, i make people wait but this is this is what it's all about so it's been an amazing year 2016 i think outside of this has been kind of challenging for a lot of people in the world and i mean it's it's a year that will probably will remember as a lot of celebrities and and notable people are passing away and that's really really quite terrible but we the gamer cast found its own it started in december the first episode in this format december 15th in 2015 and we've played a ton of games over the last year together we've we've had we were calling the nx the NX, not that until not that long ago. Um, we've learned about the Scorpio. We've learned about, and then uh, they released the PlayStation 4 Pro. I mean, we're well into this generation of consoles, and we've done it all together, all while sort of avoiding all the news, at least on this show. Don't really talk too much about the news. We had some E3 stuff. That was amazing, a great little aside. But for the most part, the show has been about the guests. It's been about how we relate to games, what makes us tick, all of those great things. And I feel so proud that you guys are here listening, that I can continue to put out this content and people 
enjoy it. So I'm in a very grateful mood today. It is officially Christmas season. I know, like, basically after American Thanksgiving, that is it. It is Christmas. I have one week left of work. I have five days. Actually, even even tomorrow, the day that you're listening to this on Monday, I have a dentist appointment. So I'm not even going to work all day tomorrow. I'm getting my teeth done. I'm going to look all, all, all pretty. I should probably brush my teeth at least once before then. So I can't wait for that. I've got some really great episodes already in the can for you guys. I, I want to give a special thank you to Kaylee Woomer, Fiona McKinnon, and Nikki Powell. We recorded our Christmas special. Uh, so we won't have a break. You guys are going to get an episode every Monday this month. Um, so look forward to that. Don't unsubscribe. Don't. We're not taking a break. So you don't take a break either. We're going to be there. When you, when you need to just get away from the family, when you have that little, that awkward moment when um, little Johnny starts screaming at his mom and calling her a racist, just escape a little bit. Just just take this podcast and listen to, listen to me and Seamus or listen to me and Scott Jones next week or the following week with Kaylee Woomer, Fiona McKinnon, and Nikki Powell. That's what this is all about. Just avoid those those <laughs> uncomfortable family dinners and hide away and listen to a podcast. That's probably the way that, that this can go. I'm excited about Christmas. This is my last week of work. I'm playing Call of Duty. I'm almost done. By the time you listen to this, I'll probably be done with Call of Duty. I got it from the library, which is the greatest thing ever. And I, if you want to know my thoughts on Call of Duty, I'll keep it brief here. I went into this just a few hours ago with Bobby on the GeekCast, which I guessed it on this week. You should definitely check out. Um, Call of Duty gets a whole lot of hate, and I wish that it didn't. And the one thing that I'll say about that is that um, one of these days, all the hate that, that gets thrown over at Call of Duty is going to make it collapse upon itself. And we're no longer going to have Call of Duty. And I don't want that. I don't want to live in a video game world where we no longer have Call of Duty. This is this is the mega monster that makes all other games possible. This is the ship that rises all the tides? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I go into it with, with Bobby on the GeekCast. I just wanted to let you know that I'm playing it, and I like it. Um, I definitely I think that there are some problems, but I want to give it a huge shout-out because there are no loading times. When I play the single-player game and I can just just play for two, two and a half, three hours, four hours straight and have no breaks, there's no reason for me to go look at my phone or get distracted and do anything else. The game, from a technical standpoint, is amazing. The shooting is great. I sort of just wish they... They do um, the space stuff quite well. I love <laughs> fighting with all these different planets in our solar system in the background. Um, the gunplay is great, but the flying stuff is is okay. Um, and I'm sort of a completionist when it comes to these types of games where I can see an end in sight. So I went after all the side missions right at the start. I got a little bored with that. So I don't recommend playing it that way. And I like that Call of Duty has that variety, but I guess if I were to put it up against the other big shooters of the year, I think Titanfall wins on the variety standpoint, but this one still is is amazing. I mean, I hope that, if nothing else, other developers, other game makers out there can figure out ways to do what Call of Duty did, which is basically hide all the loading times behind other, I guess, sort of monotonous, but still gameplay-oriented pieces where you are launching your your ship or you're you're going into a meeting room and and the, and uh choosing your next mission. I think that's where a lot of the the level loading is happening or even behind a a quick cinematic. Very very clever stuff. I definitely recommend if you guys even like Call of Duty even a little bit, give, it's not a long game. It didn't take me very long to finish. I'm just going to do the last level right away here. Loving Call of Duty. Um but what a year for shooters. Holy crap. 
that's all I'm going to say about that because I've gone on for a little long here. We're going to talk to my very first guest on this format of We The Gamer Cast, Seamus Mullins. Check him out on Pixels Rising. You can also follow him on the Twitter at Seamus Mullins. Uh, that's it. S-E-A-M-U-S-M-U-L-L-I-N-S. Do it. Here he is, Seamus Mullins. No, no, you're right. You're right. I, that's the thing. When you first said that, like through Twitter DMs the other day, I was just like, "Man, has it been?" And then like for about and how it's actually been like a year proper. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap! How did that go so quickly? And like a lot has happened. Yes. Yeah. It's. I was just listening to the our last episode, and I'm like, I was. I, I I've always wanted to go back, and I don't. I don't really like, especially when you get kind of far away from it. You kind of go like, "Oh, yeah. it must be awful. It must be terrible." <laughs> It was really like I'm. I'm not just saying that. I like I. I want to thank you just right off the start here because like, if it wasn't for you, I lucked out so, like, said big time. I lucked out that you were so great to start things out because I didn't know what the show was going to be about. I didn't like. I knew kind of like where I wanted to go with it, like kind of. But if I ended up with like a guest, the first guest, and you were, like we're we're bad, this show may have just never taken off. And I have, no, I have you true. to think it's true. so true. And I locked out like I had, I had you, I had Bobby Paul's uh, a few episodes in. I had Josh Brandt and James Michael Jeski and Joey Ferris and a lot of these guys helping me out right at the start where like you didn't even know like what you were really getting yourself into. So like I wanted to, before we get into everything else, I wanted to ask okay. if you remember like what was it? Like why did you say yes? Why? Like this was the first episode. That's ridiculous um i don't know man like i just i just thought it was a cool idea like i thought it was a really cool idea and i just wanted to get on board like straight away i didn't want to miss the boat well i really again i really appreciate it because like with i just i'm so i thank my lucky stars for your episode and again i was just listening to bobby's episode and i'm like i don't know going way back just trying i just wanted to try this out and I just wanted to see, mm. like, could I even, like, pull this off? And a few episodes in, like, I I still get nervous. I, every time I, I call up, like, because I talk to strangers on the internet. <laughs> this is very, it's not very often I get to, like, chat with somebody that I have already have a rapport with. Like, we've gotten to know each other over the last year. and yeah. uh, But I still get butterflies. I still get very nervous. So it's, it's, uh, every now and then it crosses my mind, like, why do I put myself through this? I get physically ill <laughs> when I go through this. How has your year been now growing? You've been on, you've been on Australian radio for a year. I think you mentioned in our first episode, you did two. You were, you're just a, a rookie, but you've probably got hundreds of hours of experience since then. I was actually thinking about this the other day because we can go into this when we actually do it and everything properly. But uh, yeah, not too long, a couple of months after our episode, the show Zap, it went to podcast mm-hmm. and then there was a spot open and uh, that time slot and like one of the producers at radio station was like, hey, do you want to just do your own radio show about games? And I was just like, sure. 
And so I've just, yeah, now I've been doing that all year and it's been awesome. And we have two hours every week, which is like Dude. not even enough, not even enough time, man, because we play so much music <laughs> and we just talk and talk. It's, it's so good. Yeah. That's awesome. I, okay. Because like when we last talked to it was mostly live. Like there was, it was kind of a, a difficult way to, if you weren't listening while you guys were live on the air, it was kind of tough to go find it. But since then, you've gone to podcast format with Pixels Rising. No, we we put like um, interviews up on just iTunes. So okay. just the interviews. Yeah, I've been meaning to put the actual episodes up on iTunes as well forever. I've just been really lazy. And the problem is we don't have the license to have music on podcasts there it with is. the radio station. So I have to like cut it all out. And I, it won't be that hard. I just haven't done it. And oh, like, getting yeah. to it is the worst most of the time. So you graduated, yeah. did you not? You're, that was the plan. You were supposed to graduate in June. Yeah, Are I, you have, just... I, haven't, I haven't graduated yet. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for bringing bad. it up. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's just because this year I ended up being so busy yeah. doing just extra things like radio, uh, like writing for more websites, involved with student magazines, and just all this other stuff. I ended up pushing off a lot of subjects. And so yeah. now I've got one more subject to do. What is it's coming it? up in February. It's a video production, and it's about telling your Australian story, which I'm going to be doing about video games, funnily enough. That's awesome. Yeah. What, is your, what is your Australian video game story? Is it about you talking uh, about games, or what? what is that? Because you've been I'm, having a lot of focus on local, the local Australian gaming industry. I know that's what you yeah, set out to do, and now you're interviewing people all around you. So, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, so I, I've been thinking about it a lot and how to structure it well. And it's like I was thinking about it the other day and like writing some scripts up for it now, even though mm-hmm. I don't have the subject for another two months. But it would be like, here's all these Australian things and how I don't really fit into them. It's like summer, <laughs> beach, and like... Throughout my childhood, I hated summer because I'm like as white as it gets. I burn so easily. I like cold weather because I can stay inside and play video games. Uh-huh. Aussie rules, like our own football. Yeah. Uh, the one season I played of it, I got a concussion and got the sickest I ever got. <laughs> and I've just always played soccer. And so I'm going to like list off all these things of how I'm not Australian and then how gaming was such a big part of like my childhood and growing up and everything. And then the focus is not so necessarily going to be on me, but it's going to be on the Australian games community because, sure. you know, there's games everywhere in the world so what's australian about games that's unique and so i'm going to focus on the community about developers i've met and other media people in Adelaide and stuff like that in the community so yeah i'm going to do that that australian games focus and how that's unique so are you how how outwardly and overtly do you have to try and let the world know that there's more to video games in australia than forza horizon 3 because that's pretty much all anybody knows about you guys now. They See, think that what... your entire country is is the size of this open world game that Forza's created for us. Even though they grab like random bits around the country and just, <laughs> just the outback, like right next to the beach. Yeah, <laughs> right next to Sydney and like somewhere in Victoria. And yeah, no, Forza Forza is amazing. But yeah, it's it's hard because mainly there's just so many good developers here. Yeah, like we don't have really much of a AAA scene because back in like 2002. 2007 2008 when like financial crash crisis happened all the big AAA developers closed their australian studios and yeah. so now it's just indies but there's so many awesome indie developers making really cool games and that's the type of stuff i generally like to talk about yeah. the most who are some of the coolest people you've talked to this last year because you didn't even know maybe going into 2016 you're going to be doing interviews and the next thing you, know, you get thrust into this this new role and you're just owning it man i'm loving it 
Thank you. Oh, that means that means so much, man. Like, it was interesting starting up Pixels Rising, like my radio show, because yeah. I only had two weeks to like, since from when I got told that I was doing it to actually starting it, and I was yeah. like, okay, I gotta come up with a name. I gotta do what the show's actually about, and so. Oh, that, about that reminds me. Where does that name come from? Where, what is Pixels Rising? Where did that? Because that didn't exist the last time we talked. No, no. So I just came up with that and I was just like, uh, for some reason when I was brainstorming names, I was like, you know, just grabbing every video game word sure. term you can get <laughs> and, and like brainstorming. And Pixels, for some reason, stuck with me. Uh-huh. I was just like, okay, it has to have Pixels in it. And then I was like, rising because it's kind of like a new show rising up. Well, the old show, which had been going zap for like 10 years. So this is like a new show rising up. So Pixels rising. Well, I think it's it's actually way better. I like I like Zap was was great and, and quick, but I like Pixels right. I mean, I already have a connection to it. My wife's photography business is Pixels yeah. by Capri. So yeah, the, yeah. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, we're just <laughs> we're just the same person, just separated by thousands and thousands big, of kilometers. Big ocean, yeah, and, yeah, and a and a invisible line that wraps around the, the belt of the world. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so who are some of the coolest people you've been talking to in this last year, some of the indie developers? Uh, there's a few. There's a few. Um, there's a guy, there's a team called Team Cherry. They're based in Adelaide, and they're making an mm-hmm. indie game called Hollow Knight, and that's actually coming. That got kicked out a couple of years ago. That's coming to Wii U, although I wonder what they're doing now with that. It'll probably be coming to the Switch now as well if they get, like, a dev kit. Mm. But that's a really cool indie game. Uh, Matt Trobiani, who made Hacknet, that was a very popular Australian game as like hacking simulator that did really well. I talked to, uh, so I mentioned last time in uh, like a year ago anniversary, you asked me, cause when I was listening back to it today, I was taking some <laughs> notes and stuff and keeping memory. Who but, would like, do that? Like, I don't know who would do that. Here's my book of notes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, I remember you asking me like who were like my people that I followed and obviously mm-hmm. kind of funny, obviously Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty and Tim Geddes. Now I've grown to love Tim. Oh, I love Tim. Yeah. As well. Yeah, because like I didn't really even uh, back when we did our uh, podcast a year ago, I still hadn't really warmed up to them. But now I just love them. Like I, I really enjoy them. Yeah. But there's an Australian TV show called Good Game, and I've watched that my whole life growing up. And I got to interview the creator of that and one of the main hosts for that as well. And that was really cool. And the cool thing was with the host, um, a guy called Nick Boy. I was only meant to have 15 minutes, but the thing was he was just at home, and so we ended up talking for an hour. Oh, that's just about like it's it's it stopped being an interview and just start being a conversation like us just talking about games and yeah. what we're playing now and it was so good it was so much fun. What are you playing now? Like what what's what's been kind of going on in uh in your world? Now one thing that hasn't changed from last year <laughs> your backlog is, my backlog <laughs> it's, it's just growing. Yes. I have multiple games. Like I bought a lot in the past couple of weeks because of like Black Friday sales, which uh-huh. has come over to Australia now. I got like Doom, brand new for eighteen dollars. Mm-hmm. So I've got that ready to go. Timefall two for thirty five dollars. Um, by the way, I work at an EV Games now. Of course well. you do. Yeah, of course you. <laughs> so well, I- that, that's great because that was my entire dream of this show was to interview EB Games staff members. I wanted to, the idea came from just like going into the EB Games and just chatting it up and talking about what people are playing and stuff. I'm like, that's a show. So now I've officially, it's only taken me a year. You're, thank you, you're my, you're my first here. EB game. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. The best bit, best bit, 20% discount. So, oh, killer. Ooh, yeah. It's it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, I, I started Watch Dogs 2 last night. Really enjoying that. Really, really liking that. I've mm-hmm. uh, been playing through Pokemon Sun. 
really liking that as well. That's one of my favorite ah, Pokemon games. But what, what about your 3DS situation? Didn't you not sell your 3DS? Did you buy okay, it? Okay. Okay, okay give me one minute. This. Yeah. Oh, here it comes. Okay. I can't wait to see what Shannon is going to be grabbing right now. He just... He just ups and leaves the podcast right now. So if you guys haven't listened to um, the very first, well, it's actually episode 11, where whenever I say at the start of the We The Gamer cast, I always go and say, it's a new rebooted We The Gamer. Like, this is the format we rebooted to. And Seamus said that he sold his 3DS the last time that we talked. So I'm curious now that he's back. What is, oh, that is beautiful. A new 3DS uh, and now I'm looking at reflections of myself. What, oh, it's... I can't tell what... Um, Majora's Mask. It looked like Ori in the Blind Forest for a second. That confused me. That is That would gorgeous. be a cool cover plate as well. How are you liking the cover plate? Like, did that come with it? Or is that um, separate? Yeah, so, so the thing was, I turned 21 back in March Good of this Lord. year. <laughs> if that makes you feel <sighs> old. I, I knew you were... Like, I don't know if I ever knew your age. I knew you were younger than me, but Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived your life over again. Just about, no, not really. I do. I do this to a lot of people. You shouldn't feel bad. You're ahead um, of your game, I, like really. You're ahead of your time, which is a good place to be. Um, but for my twenty first birthday, so many of my friends know I'm just like a big gamer, and so two groups of people, completely separate, don't even know each other. One group got me a hundred and fifty dollar gift card for EB Games. Another got me a hundred twenty five dollar gift card for oh EB Games. Gosh. Put them together. Boom. Boom. Okay, why? You were walking away from Nintendo a year ago. I th- and we mentioned the Switch very briefly a moment ago, but like, where are you at now with your relationship with Nintendo? Um, I mean, obviously you're back in a little bit. A little bit. The uh, thing is, though, it's <laughs> like I love I love your show. Um, if you ran Nintendo, oh yeah, and I love you suggest because the thing is, on my show Pixels Rising, most episodes I am talking shit about Nintendo. I'm <laughs> Complaining about their business decisions, their marketing decisions every week. Like, they just, they infuriate me Uh with their decisions. Like, they make awesome games, but just like, ah, Yeah, Yeah, man. Yeah, that's why we want to just, we'll just make it very simple and just boil it down in a topic or two. I didn't know you listened, man. Thank you so much. That's that's great to hear. So what was it um, that made you finally, like, so it was just the availability of these uh, gift cards that brought you back to the 3DS kind of thing? Because at that time around March, there wasn't too many games coming out, and I already had the PS Vita, mm-hmm. already had PlayStation Four, Xbox One, PlayStation Three, so I already had like everything else. So I was like, "Was Why Pokemon not? Go? Did that play into it? Because that was a whole trend that we were seeing this summer, as well, or yeah, for that, winter for you, I guess." Yeah, yeah, that wasn't until June, July, was sure. it? Yeah, so it was a few months before then. But yeah, okay. I just felt like playing Pokemon. I felt like jumping back in. Maybe I felt a little bit dirty after selling my 3DS back in 2013 <laughs> because I spent $1,000 on launch day to get Xbox One and Call of Duty and like four to five. I felt so bad that I had mm-hmm. to offset it and that's why I sold my 3DS originally. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So your backlog, you've added to it. Did you ever get back to, you had put in a, about 40 hours into The Witcher, you wanted to get back into Dragon Age. Like I I know that I wanted to get to my backlog and it's just it is a nightmare i definitely have had a year of growth where i i can i'm feeling a little bit better about walking away from games it's almost i've almost gone too far i think i maybe have over over corrected where i'll i'll play a game for like 
maybe an hour and a half ago, like not for me and move on to the next thing. And I'm trying to evaluate, like I will eventually land at an equilibrium here, but I'm always in my head about this stuff. Where, where are you now? Like, cause I feel like there's more games now than ever. Yeah, <laughs> the, like, there is, man, because there's so many. It's like right now, new games I've just bought, like I was saying before, I've got Watch Dogs 2, mm-hmm. Dishonored 2, Titanfall 2, lot of sequels, lot of sequels going on here, uh, Doom, How are you? Did Battlefield you Did you 1. play Dishonored 2 or just buy it? I've got it. I played a little bit of it, and then yeah. I've just been playing Pokemon, and I've just been busy doing other stuff, but I've got like Fall back just into those the games there. Food. Just those games there, I was like, I want to get to them. And so last night I was like, I'm playing Watch Dogs 2 and I just started it. And it's like, I've got summer. I've got summer. I went mm-hmm. and grabbed all my PlayStation 4 games that I haven't finished. I think there's only three out of about 20 retail copies yeah. games, PlayStation 4, that I have finished. Oh so there's another 17 in the pile, including The Witcher 3, including <laughs> Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> oh, no. I made a big pile. I made a big pile. And this summer... I'm just gonna see. I'm gonna see how I go. And you're just like whatever. It's, it doesn't weigh on you as much as before. Uh, I just don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> One of but, the other uh, things that was funny about our chat last year is we were talking about Ratchet and Clank was was up and coming, and then we talk about uh, Crash Bandicoot, and like how crazy would it be if Crash came back? And what six months later they finally announced it at e3 and now we see gameplay like it is upon us how does yeah. how excited are you that we're now seeing a little bit more of uh these old ukulele you uh, crash bandicoot rush and clank was a success as was our yeah. was going to be our litmus test for more of these type of mascot 3d kind of adventure platformers yeah, it was funny when I was listening back to it as well. I was like, I'm going to bring it up because I, when I, what I said was like, I don't think we need a Crash Bandicoot. Like, it's, <laughs> it's done. But the thing is, seeing it when it got announced, I was like, oh, okay, like, I guess. And then seeing the actual gameplay for the first one, the remaster, it mm-hmm. looks really nice. Like, yeah. I want to play that. Like, it looks it looks great. I still haven't picked up the Ratchet and Clank from this year, even though that looked great. Like, oh, I'm going to pick so it up good. eventually. Um, and then Ukulele, I, I backed that as part of the Kickstarter. Oh, so nice. I, I'm there. I'm <laughs> so you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it early. Do you have you been burned at all by like, or, or have your has your confidence been shaken by this year's um, crowdfunding of of indie games? Like it hasn't been. Um, Mighty Number no. Nine came out. That was a bit of a mess. You know, like some of these some of the indie games aren't really. I'm trying to think. I'm. I know there was another one that that didn't do too great. That was crowdfunded, and it's escaping me now. How how solid are you on ukulele at this point? Um, pretty solid because it seems like they've got like a pr- fairly responsible uh, team with a lot of experience. Like they n- seem to know what they're doing. Yeah. They've have like they're any focused. Kickstarter. Yeah, they're focused. But like any Kickstarter, it's been pushed back like a little bit. But that that happens with every Kickstarter. That's just mm-hmm. like a guarantee. Um, that I'm I'm pretty confident with that. But I've definitely I've got some Kickstarters that I backed years ago. Still waiting. They just oh, keep man. adding more features. It just keeps being developed more and more. And so I've had some bad experiences like that where I'm like, I kind of wish I could get my money back because mm-hmm. I'm just not interested in the game anymore. But at the same time, there was a game I backed at the start of last year, and then four or five months later, it was out. And it was great. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what, what's the future with you and Kickstarter then? Or is that something that you're still going to kind of like, do you browse around yeah. Kickstarter? Like I don't even go to the site at all. Like every now and then I'll hear something only because it's seen some success where people like you have, have found, uh, believe in it, but I don't really ever go over there to see like what's new and upcoming. Yeah. I don't really just wander through Kickstarter. Like I've done it once or twice and I'm just mm-hmm. like, 
there's a there's a lot there. Um, it's generally just like you hear someone reporting about it, and so you go check it out. And if it's like I I like Kickstarter just because it means cool projects do come to life. Like one game, one of my games of this year actually, um, Amplitude, which came from the creators of Rock Band. Uh, I can't remember what their name is now. It's annoying me. But uh, yeah, they made Rock Band Guitar Hero, and so they kickstarted yeah. Amplitude. The guys from Harmonix, awesome. is that what you're saying? Harmonix, Harmonix. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Didn't need to no, you, hang yeah, in there. I can't, I, <laughs> no, thank you. I hate it when I can't remember. Um, and it's awesome. Like, it's my favorite music-driven game, and I didn't hear about it until it was out. So I missed the Kickstarter completely. But gotcha. I'm happy that I'm, I'm happy that happened because it's one of my favorite games. What system did you pick year. that up on? Uh, PlayStation Four. Are you still playing PC at all these days? Like, you you talked about your Steam uh, ID at the very end of the show. Are you playing PC mm. at all, or is it mainly consoles yes. and handhelds? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I got a new laptop, which I, which you are yes. on right now. <laughs> uh, I am on. I'm inside the laptop, <laughs> coming from the yeah. internet. That's that's awesome. When did you pick that up? Um, oh, about yes. two, three months ago. I desperately needed to upgrade my old Dell. I've had for about three, four years, and it had like actual hardware problems with it since day one. So spent more money than I like to mm. than I like to really say, mm-hmm. but I'm very mm-hmm. happy with it, and it means I can play games like Overwatch on my PC. Holy crap! On a laptop, that like kind of yeah. blows my mind. What kind of is it? An Alienware, MSI? Like, what did you end up getting? Or did you... uh, Dell? I, I oh, another Dell. Okay. Yeah. I got my first Dell actually on, on Black Friday. So it was uh, not a gaming PC, but it was definitely something to just keep my other one uh, from just keeling over, really. And I like that, I, that may have been the longest I've ever had a laptop. This last one that I'm sort of putting to rest right now, and I'm having a bit of a hard time with it because I'm stupid like that. Um, but I got my new Dell, and it's not blazing and i knew i wasn't getting like a top end one but i'm already upgrading it i'm already i just learned that i can take out the dvd drive out of it and i can put in a solid state drive in that spot you can get a little oh. caddy and plug that in there and like go. well that that was unexpected so i i just i'm always tinkering are you like with pc gaming that's why i kind of had to step away from it because i always found oh man i don't have like the top end stuff i better go reinvest again like how do you how re, how do you deal with that on the pc gaming side um, I've, I've never like built my own PC. That's something I've been wanting to do for like ages. Yeah. And it's just like getting the funds to get. And if I did that, then yeah, I'd just, I'd tinker with it a lot. But in regards to every other laptop or PC I've owned, I've never really touched them just because I'm like too afraid that oh, I might do something famous. to it. 2017 is a year. <laughs> we're going to talk next year, next Christmas. We're going to talk and we're going to be like, Sean, guess what I did? And I'm going to look behind <laughs> you and there's going to be like liquid cooling pipes and on like neon light like lighting effects glowing and everything you're gonna have, you're gonna have just dubstep going the whole time it's gonna be a totally di- i can't wait to see what the next year i, can, I, I can't wait for that i'm looking for <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of christmas like what what do you guys do around this time of year like what kind of traditions do you do you have to to celebrate gift giving in the holidays and all of that. Oh, so stuff. so what we do, Sean, we, we all in get in our own kangaroos and we go we go to the beach in our kangaroos and we hop around and exchange gifts. No, we do mm-hmm. it like I thought other. on top of the Christmas tree you put a kangaroo. <laughs> like a baby kangaroo and you just hope that that's he stays a good idea. Yeah. I don't know I don't know why we wouldn't do that because that's like yeah. adorable. Yeah. Or instead of stockings you just you just pin up some kangaroos <laughs> above kangaroos the fireplace. In the, <laughs> that's an even better See, we need more Canadians yeah. in Australia. Yeah. yeah, and you don't leave the cookies out for um, for Santa Claus. You leave them out for the koala bears who come in and just chew up all your shit. The drop bears, Sean. Mm-hmm. The drop the bears. Drop bears. Oh, damn it. Oh, I, I have no idea. At least, I mean, 
I don't know what you leave out for the giant spiders and other evolutionary oh, monsters that you've got crawling around there. Or um, at least, in, yeah, but it's so like, what's like, and I'm not even just saying in Australia, but like, like with you and the family and stuff, like, what do you, what have you got planned for the next couple of weeks here as we well, get closer to Christmas? The funny thing is because I'm working uh, AB Games, I'm sort of a very much a Christmas casual. And so I'll be working like Christmas Eve and Boxing Day and like all the time around Christmas. Mm-hmm. And my folks, they live 400 Ks away and my brother lives in another city and we've got more family friends over in that city. So my parents are actually going to Melbourne where my brother lives nice. for Christmas. Um, and I'm going to be staying in LA. So Aww. it's going to be the first Christmas in my life without my parents. Oh, my no. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Because <laughs> of work, you know, it's this real life. I guess. How are you doing? Like, have, have you thought about it much until I just like pried into this fresh wound? Or <laughs> are you kind of like cool with it? Um, uh, I need, I like, I obviously wish I could be there with them. And the thing is, they're getting, are they pissed at you? Both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are they really? <laughs> but, but at the same time, they're kind of like, we're happy you have a job. Like, we're, ha- we're we happy that you, you have a job and you're earning money. <laughs> is that, uh, I, uh, what a sentiment. <laughs> Like we're really pissed, but at least you're employed. Like they, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's such a important. that's such a parent move. Like we're we're <laughs> ultimately going to be disappointed in you no matter what, just to make sure that we're like not kissing your ass all the time. But I mean, at least you're somewhat on the right track. Yeah. Wait, they made the choice. They could have come to Adelaide, where I live. Oh, there or, it is. But they they went to Melbourne, so they they made that choice to be with my brother and not me. Is your brother older? Or he must be older then that he's moved. Yeah, he's older. How much older is he? Uh, three years. I feel like we didn't really talk about him too much. Like, what was what was it like growing up with him? Is it just you two in the family? Yeah, just us two. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit on the first episode, but yeah, we grew up playing. Like, it'd, it'd be very interesting to know, like, if I would have been as big a gamer if it wasn't for my brother, because he's a massive gamer as well. And we played yep. everything growing up. We played. I remember playing, having a Game Boy Color, and me watching him play Pinocchio. This father's shit game that was like i never knew about that yeah it was it was crazy how because the main problem was that there was no saves and with the game boy color we didn't have it like a charger it was batteries so Uh you just had to finish it before the battery life ran out (laughs) it's so stressful it's oh it was unbelievably stressful but yeah we played we had like every playstation i remember like every memory like from my childhood is like with my brother playing crash bandicoot ratchet and clank like gladiator was co-op we played that together um original xbox all the quirky games and that like every step of the way i was playing games with my brother yeah pretty much and even and even to this day most weekends we try and play games online together whether it's like borderlands or dying light yes i love it border is borderlands like wandering around in in the outback is that an australian type of inspiration that's that kind of what i picture the outback like, being like <laughs> it's probably just, just a lot more boring there's a lot, a lot less going on okay in australia true. there's a lot more just empty spaces but kind of no psychos running shape. around with hockey no, no masks psychos. and crazy things like that i haven't Not seen mad them. max because it's very mad Ma- borderlands is sort of mad max and that's it is, the whole it is. that's the whole kind and of i've never really thought of that actually that's actually really true yeah yeah so tell me what do you think of your brother stealing your parents away from you this Christmas? Like, be honest. I, it's I, just me I and am, you here right now. I am devastated. Are you? De- <laughs> They've chosen the <laughs> no, favorite no, son. No, it's fine because um, my brother and my parents are actually going to be coming over to LA for a few days after New Year's, and so we'll, I guess we'll be having like a little second Christmas. Oh, second Christmas! That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Call it Ukrainian Christmas. Ukraine. 
I, I, so I don't even know why I just blurted that out because I had, um, my neighbor, neighbor Matt is Ukrainian and he would always tell me that they would celebrate, um, birthdays and father's days and everything like a week or two later and just call it Ukrainian father's day, Ukrainian mother's day. I don't know if Ukrainian Christmas or Ukrainian new year's happens a week or two after somebody I'm sure will tell me. Um, but that's, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Let's call it that. Yeah. I'm going to say that to people. Well, and they give you like what, and I'm gonna explain that story, and the legend of neighbor Matt is gonna grow. <laughs> it <Sure>. is now. <laughs> it will now, and I feel like I could easily just look this up. Like, when is Ukrainian Christmas? If that's even a thing, but I'm just gonna instead not. I don't want to click it. Click. It is. It's fun this way. Yeah. This is that's the best part about podcasting. I feel like it's one of the only times, really, unless you don't mind the clicking on the of your keyboard and your mouse coming through on the on the show. I can't stand it. Um, but when do you ever have a conversation with somebody and you're not like checking your phone or like doing anything like this is really admittedly, and this, I'm really just talking about me here. The only time that I do this where I can just like zone in even when, uh, even when I'm talking at work, I'm like, so for, can we do something else now? Like I'm kind of, kind of bored at this, (laughs) maybe a little ADD in there. Um, I, I totally agree. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to talk about, uh, your year as we as we kind of alluded to at the very beginning let's get a little reflective here like looking looking back if you were maybe even to like grade it and give yourself like a like a report card what Uh. is what's 20 what's the what's the teacher's comments for Seamus Mullins 2016 uh sorry for some reason that just makes me think of like year 10 English when you get those home reports from teachers yep and I remember Mine was fine, except for one <laughs> negative, which was he listens to his iPod too much. And that was because I didn't like listening to it. So I was like always having my iPod mm-hmm. and listening. Um, If I had to grade, oh, man, I don't like review scores, man. It shouldn't be about the reviews. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be scored, like no reviews. letter. Yeah, they, like, okay, so we'll do it. We'll do an aud- audio review, just an oral kind of thing here. It was an essential year. <laughs> There you go. Okay, so the thing that teachers used to always say to me was, tremendous potential doesn't apply himself. And I'm like, I don't know if I ever grew out of that. <laughs> Even to this day, like, I was, I was recording a show with Dave Moore earlier this week at Nerdflix and Chill, and he was like, just do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, it's fine. It's like... It's, it's fine. It's just it's it's out there. It works. It's fine. Um, and I I am always a, sort of a reflective person. I don't know if I'm just forcing this on you, but did you have you ever like end of the year is very special time. New Year's is always very special. People kind of set out their New Year's resolutions. So like, did you thinking back over the last twelve months, like, did you accomplish at at all what you set out to do? Some of all of it, none of it. Like, kind of where. Let's let's reflect a little, Seamus. Um, that's a very good question, Sean. Just putting me on the spot here. No, this is. I'm going to ask I'm, everybody this for the remainder yeah. <laughs> of, of December. It's going to be a very special month of uh, maybe depressing. Maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, oh, oh man, I haven't done shit. I haven't done pass. dick all in 2016. <laughs> You think about it, Siobhan. I was thinking about this just before we started. The idea that you've done this is the 50th show since we mm-hmm. started. So you've mm-hmm. done 50 shows in a year's time and there was a month break between the first one you did with me and then the second one yeah so you can take out a month that's like 50 shows in less than 50 weeks 
Yeah. That's that's incredible. And that's just one podcast. You do another two podcasts on top of that. Like I don't know how you can pump out so much content while having a full-time job, while having a bunch of adorable dogs who I would just like play with constantly <laughs> if I had them. And like also on the way to being a father. Like how does – that's like – insane that's a crazy amount of things what are you turning this around on me for <laughs> Seamus I I, <laughs> I asked you the question I was worried about that I'm like man he's been doing interviews all year he's gonna be turning some shit on me okay well we can do the we can do the reciprocal stuff um, okay I've definitely been thinking about that a lot and that's kind of like why I like doing the the format of the show of um just kind of rambling on for 10 or 15 minutes before just it it's very therapeutic of like Nobody, other than the people who literally download the episode to hear that, um, I don't really feel like I get an opportunity to just kind of, like, talk about really anything at great length. Um, and even in person, like, there's still, um, there's, there's still a camera in between us. There's still a screen in between us. So I don't get that same sort of, like, social anxiety of, like, I've been talking too long. Um, so this has been, it's been amazing. And, and listening back to, our show last last year i was still very like reserved and listening to him like that's not really me and i feel like um over the year i've just been able to express myself on this in this format and not been really too afraid of what are people if people don't like it they're just gonna they're not gonna listen like that's kind of where i've discovered that whole piece as far as finding time for it it's um this show allowed, like the format of this show especially allows for a lot of flexibility because this weekend in particular, I'll be talking to you. I'll be talking to a few guests that we're going to have a very special Christmas show. I've got another one on Sunday and I, so I'm basically front loading and then I can take kind of the rest of December off. So I don't have that break that we had last year. So it's kind of like mm. learning from that as well. Um, as I, the ticking time bomb, which is a terrible way to say it, which is, uh, my, my son, who will be born in Sully. April, Sully is coming. <laughs> you and have I'm to not, call him Sully. I you well, have to call him. the the way the, where that came from was because um, I very early in Chelsea's pregnancy, I referred to him as the little monster, and so I started thinking about Monster Inc. And Sully was like one of my favorite characters, obviously from there. So that's where that. And you got to name it something. You can't just call it it. So I like calling it Sully and, and, so, and reminds me of Uncharted. And yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of Uncharted connections. is what I was thinking. I thought you were calling him Sully from Charms. Like, I'm not too sure how that link happened. <laughs> That's a lot more logical <laughs> with the Monsters Inc. It's a little cuter like than a guy, just... <laughs> an, an old guy who just smokes cigars all the time and drinks and it's just like, takes all the women. Like, yeah. Hey, he's just smoking a cigar in there, just in the womb, just lighting up a cigar <laughs> and just calling everybody else kid. And, and yeah. he's, he's had a whole lifetime of experience doing stuff. Um, yeah, man, I can't, I cannot wait. Like I go to work sometimes and I just go to, like, I can't wait to bring him in and show everybody. And just like, I look what I made everyone. I did it. I did. <laughs> and I, I, I made my parents proud. They said, wait, don't rush into getting married. Don't rush into having kids. Like I check, check. I'm, I'm doing okay in life. So I, at least I can rest on those laurels a little bit. So I don't completely freak out but i'm making it just some adjustments to nerdflix and chill um like i will be stepping away from that for the most part uh being a lot more background um that's actually the most time consuming show where where um i've got to watch two movies a week and then record and then edit like yeah. it ends it winds up being about a seven or eight hour per week kind of thing and it's just that's not going to happen 
But this has been, this has been, I've been so lucky that every week I've got somebody, somebody is signing up, whether they've heard the show or they are kind of like you in the very beginning, just like, I'll try that out. And, um, I mean, I've inspired, I know a few other shows that kind of like pop up and kind of take on a very similar format, just trying to do something different than just the news. It's been, it's been a crazy year in spite of, I think 2016 just kind of has a bad rap in general. When people say like 2016 strikes again, like it's not usually a good thing, but I mean, for me, like if I really reflect, I'm, I'm very proud of this show. And again, it's very like, I reached out to you a while ago and then we kind of locked down the details not that long ago about just making sure this show happened. It was very important for me to celebrate the, the one year. It's too bad that it, it's weird that it doesn't really like land anywhere close in terms of the it's actual like, day. It's, it's only like four days off. Yeah, like that's kind of it. Like I'm like, oh, if only it was like the if it was like the Tuesday, I actually would have delayed it so that it was exactly one year. But I've talked to so many people, discovered so many different communities, learned a lifetime's worth of knowledge about the games industry and the people who play them, which is shouldn't be that surprising. But I I was listening to like Bobby's episode. And he's talking about all these different games. I'm like, I'd never even heard of those at that time. And now it's just part of our everyday vernacular. So this year has been tremendous. The next year will be, will bring tons and tons of changes. I know. So it's just a matter of trying to plan that out. It's almost like we should know exactly when this baby will come and that I could probably think about what I'm going to do when the day comes ahead of time. Mm. But maybe on, maybe January, maybe we'll do that. So. I don't know. What about you? Like we set out, I I talked, I asked you about kind of your ambitions and um, what you wanted to set out for. And you're like, oh man, I don't know. That's a deep question. But then you ended up going into it. I really feel like you've accomplished a lot of what you set out to do back this time last year. Well, in some ways, like I've got like a general idea, like I want to be working in the games industry Mm -hmm. and I guess I'm technically almost there now yeah man. but i'd love to be like somewhere like ign or uh, gaming for or something like that you know that's the big dream uh or whatever but this year a lot of stuff i've done have sort of just fallen into yeah. my lap and i've just like yes taken that on my shoulder and just gone with it like with pixels rising it was just an opportunity that came out i was just like sure and i was like this won't take much time every week (laughs) (laughs) and it takes so much time getting the music actually playing games which is probably the thing i spent least doing in preparation for the show but like Mm. organizing a team and i've learned so much from that um uh, for the student magazine, which uh, we, I think we talked about last time as well, I applied to be a sub-editor for the magazine this year, and I got it. And so I was part of the team and was editing other people's work. And I learned I love editing. Like, I really enjoy editing. And that's ah. something I've discovered this year and something I would like to definitely continue as well. And that's sort of – I applied for it, but I never really expected it to get it. And then I did, and then it just turned to be a great opportunity. Uh, I started writing for a website called Press Start Australia. Nice. And I, I wanted to – I hadn't really been writing regularly for a news website for a while, and I wanted to write for an Australian one. So I was I was evaluating all the websites. So where in Press Start was the one that I felt aligned up with my goals and what I wanted to do the most. And so mm-hmm. I've joined them, and they're an awesome team, awesome bunch of guys, and been really enjoying my time there. And so you sort of – a lot of it I didn't plan necessarily to do. It just happened, but I'm so happy it's happened. And all of it has worked towards that greater goal of like being at somewhere like IGN or Game Informer or Polygon. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much more about the industry this year. 
at one point I even did um, an internship with a t- – there's this one company who have like two branches. One is Surprise Attack Games who's an indie, indie publishing label. So they publish mm-hmm. indie games to go out and find them and help them make their games happen. And then Double Jump Communications which is a games and tech marketing firm. And they're like the same company working together here in Australia. And I did an internship for two weeks with them and that was such a – eye-opener to the industry just learned so much the behind the scenes type of stuff promotions working with developers and publishing and i've ended up doing a bit of freelance work work uh for them throughout this year getting paid so i was like yeah that that's been incredible i was on some panels at conventions throughout this year as well uh for pixels rising and presto australia like it's just been like when i put it all together it's just like so much spread across a year. It doesn't seem yeah. like that much to me, but like putting it all together is like, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a lot. So here's the thing that I know about people, and when some people can make nothing sound like a lot, and you just made a lot sound like nothing, and I just think that that goes like I I, I recognized this in you last year, and you just are continuing on. I'm so proud to watch you kind of like grow and find all the different things that make you excel like it's a learning this is why i really enjoy post-secondary school is not necessarily like the the exact tactics and the things that you learn in that school it's like it gives you a landscape to just go what what am i good at and what like do i do to accomplish the things that i'm sort of setting out to do and you just listed like a like a lifetime's worth of experience within a matter of 12 months and then just mentioning it within a matter of 12 seconds. And I'm just like, that's why I like taking this time of the year to kind of just look back. Cause otherwise it's just a never ending stretch of craziness of deadlines and things that, you know, you never really get to sit, to sit back and celebrate those, those small or, or big wins. And that's why I just, uh, I hope that at least being part of this show, it kind of gives you a chance to go, oh, yeah, 2016 was kind of a banner year for, for Seamus Mullins. And it's just getting yeah. started, man. I wanted to ask you about the games industry a little bit because to me, not being um, part of it in the way that you are, just more commenting on things, but I am sort of observing a bit of a shift in the games industry just in this last year, probably more than ever. Um, we talk, we've seen Bethesda kind of, do their thing with moving away from providing early copies, um, knowing that YouTube personalities are becoming more and more influential and, and gaining um, more importance in the whole spectrum of voices out there. Has your focus shifted, changed? Have you thought about like the changing landscape of the gaming industry from a media standpoint? And then if so, like what do you what do you do about that? Yeah, definitely. Like everything you just mentioned is really important. Like Bethesda, like that review copies, like they're in full right to do that. And the thing is, Bethesda are killing it. Like with Dishonored 2, with Doom, Doom with the Elder Scrolls stuff, Doom, Doom, Wolfenstein. Hopefully there'll be a new Wolfenstein next year. And I love this, what they're doing with that now. Uh, with Prey, Prey looks awesome. Like oh, they yeah. are really on top of everything. And, you know, Fallout 4, that was a thing as well. And they'll keep plugging that. And there'll be more <laughs> Elder Scrolls. You know, they're just on top of everything. And, yeah. They just know what they're doing. I think they're the publisher that's just really doing the best and know what they're doing well. Because even like, I, 
I, we haven't I don't think we've heard about Dishonored 2 sales but I feel like Dishonored 2 is always going to be like a bit of a controlled niche where they're trying to make a AAA thing but they understand where it's it has a somewhat limited audience I, I don't know but then you look at uh, a lot of games that have come out recently like Watch Dogs 2 like the Call mm-hmm. of Duty and they're not selling that well like they're not yeah. selling nearly as well as what their overhyped prequels or games beforehand were and that's a really interesting thing uh, I'm not too sure why that's happening, whether it's because people are just getting over the hype, people are waiting, holding back a little bit. Maybe people are playing games like Overwatch more. They're buying just one game or two a year and they're just playing it rather than being hmm. bought into all the hype from multiple games. Um, and maybe maybe they're not buying as many games because they're watching people play them online on YouTube and Twitch. Like That's, yes, that's a possibility yes, as well. Yes, all of yeah. those things. Oh my god. So what about, okay, I want to talk about the Overwatch thing because all those points are just like, those are all papers. Those are all big editorial pieces that you can definitely <laughs> like just explore. But let's talk about this Overwatch thing because this is a carryover from kind of like the PC world with MOBAs and that kind of game where you're right, like this is, people pick their one game and they play that all the time. So it'd be interesting to analyze like the makeup of the people playing on, on consoles now, how many of them are playing those types of games mm. where the industry has sort of identified this as an opportunity, but it's also changing the landscape of how other games can sell, like what a monumental shift that would be. Definitely. It's like, we've talked about like how many games I have in my backlog and how many games I bought recently. I have all these awesome games. I've been waiting to play Dishonored 2 for ages. Do you know what I'm playing? I'm still playing Overwatch. I'm like, ah, oh, do I want to sit down problem, for a couple hours and play Dishonored? Or do I just want to sit down for 20 minutes, which turns into 90 minutes of Overwatch mm-hmm. when it's just, I know I'm going to have a good time. I can play with friends. It's, uh, there's always new characters for me to try. Like it's just endless fun similar to what a MOBA like you said like it's Mm -hmm. just that format that just works really well and particularly something like Overwatch where it's like there are microtransactions there but I'm just never going to look at them because they're cosmetics and like I like a lot of the original skins personally myself so it's I've got the full game I can just play it forever and there's such a big base of people and I'm not gonna have to wait that long to play like it's like for someone like me who's a hardcore gamer and prefers still playing that just because it's easier over all these great games like Watch Dogs 2 and Dishonored 2 and Titanfall 2, games I've been waiting years for. Like, yeah. I think that says a lot in itself. And so it doesn't surprise me that a lot of casual gamers are just sticking to Overwatch, if mm. I am. Is it is it that it's fresh for you or is it just that it's convenient and sort of comfort food that you can just fall in and play for 20 minutes? Like, to me, like, I've been really reflective, not only just in this past year of my personal life and all of that kind of stuff, but also very, like, in tune with my preferences and almost to the point where it's, kind of causing me panic attacks every once in a while where I like I fired up Watch Dogs 2 and I like it a lot. I recognize that it's probably one of the better open world games that I played this year. I tried Mafia 3 and I just it didn't click. I'm yeah, like I don't mess, I don't know if I want to be driving around following these waypoints all the time and uh, Gears of War I didn't love. So like there's a lot of these games that I should really because I've liked games in the past, I feel like I should be liking that I'm just like not connecting with. Um, and then combining that with my uh, trying to just play as many games as possible and not requiring myself to get to the end, um, I'm finding that, yeah, like some of these games are just not clicking for me. So maybe this is just a microcosm of kind of the, the phenomenon you were kind of mentioning. But like, what, maybe. Uh, sorry, go ahead. 
like what you were saying uh, before, it's like the idea of like, and what you were just saying then, it's like, oh, you're just being more in tune of, with what you like. And like, I think that's really good. Like that's something I'm trying to practice and be a bit better at as well. And it's hard because if you spend money on the game, like not everyone has that's amazing it. libraries like mm-hmm. yours where you can just go rent incredible AAA blockbusters. I okay. don't know what libraries they have in Canada, but they don't <laughs> have games, AAA games. It's to part rent. of the problem though. <laughs> it's true. So here's the part of the, here's the problem with the library system, and this is going to sound totally like a spoiled brat complaining. But this is a first world problem that <laughs> I can go to the library and grab because if I get on it really quickly, I can get a fairly new game. Um, but there's a time limit, so you can only have these games for three weeks, which sounds like a lifetime, but it, it three flies, weeks three weeks flies by so <laughs> fast, especially when you've got something like Black Friday or you've got a PlayStation flash sale or something like that going on. You're like, so you're spending money on these new games, but instead you've got these games from the library and you're like, well, I literally like put my, my money that I could have like maybe put food on the table, but instead (laughs) bought a game (laughs) and I'm not playing that. And I, so that I can play these other games from the library, but I wanted the game I spent money on more because I lit, like I bought it. So, but instead I'm literally playing games that I didn't care enough to buy, but I'm playing them because I only have so much time with them. And it's a whole like, I hope that kind of paints the picture for why it's not yeah. a perfect situation. But every once in a while it works out. This weekend I've got XCOM 2, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and awesome. um, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, which, oh, that is just, that's great. That's a great <laughs> weekend for me. I wanted to, before we before we get up on our time, I wanted to ask you, um, you mentioned Overwatch. I'm gathering that this might be your game of the year. Do you, I'm not sure if you've got one locked in, but like, what's your what's your game of the year watch as we close out calendar year 2016? Um, like I have a few personal favorites from this year, but Overwatch, Overwatch is a hard one not to ignore. It's like when it was coming out to the Game Awards, and I was covering that a bit for Presta last week when it was happening. Like I love the Game Awards. I love because it because it's such a celebration of the year of the games yeah, industry and looking back on everything. Um, and there were some amazing moments, like the moment when the father, the developer of that Dragon Cancer, dude. That speech was just incredible, and that game is just an incredible experience and such an important part of the industry and art. Um, and moments like that, they were just incredible. Uh, but it was hard not to see Overwatch winning because it's just the most talked about game. It's the most played. It's the most. It's 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 kind of the biggest community of fans in such a short time than I've seen for any other game. You know, people mm-hmm. get around the Fallout, people get around the Elder Scrolls, and or Dragon Age, but like nothing like this. Nothing like where there's only 23 characters, but these 23 characters have more lore built up about them by the community than any other characters, more than Star Wars, more than anything. It's just like people just love it so that much. It's hard not to see it being game of the year from multiple mm-hmm. perspectives. But but I do love story games. I do love indie games. So Inside, Inside yes. just I, – I didn't know what to expect with Inside because it's like, oh, I love Limbo – I'm really keen to see what Play did would do next. And when I got it, I was like, I'd heard little things about it, but I, no one really knew that much about it. And then I played it and I was like, <laughs> this is just 10 times better than Limbo. Limbo was great, but Inside is just a wholesome experience that everything just blends so well together to make mm-hmm. just this one experience. And it's it's a weird experience. It's a crazy experience, but it was such a immersive uh, and thrilling Unforgettable, really. Story. Yeah, it was great. And the you same can mention with Oxen. Least- Sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just guess. Oh, you go, you go. I'm going. Oh no, I, I was just gonna, this. I was just gonna kiss some ass on inside a little bit more too. Like you could, <laughs> there's very few games where you could say, "Remember the part where X happens," and I would definitely like, I would picture it in my mind because that image is burned into my my brain's retina in the back here. Um, many games. You could say, remember the mission in Mass Effect when this happened? And I would have no idea what you're talking about. Mass Effect's one of my favorite games of all time. But I don't... I mean, it's a longer game, so that kind of factors into it as well. But the visual style, and that's why I thought it was well-deserving of its um, art direction award. As well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what yeah, a great well, year for short little games like Inside and oh, Oxenfree 2. Definitely. Oxenfree, I absolutely loved. Like, I was so excited um in the lead up to it's coming out like it just looked like my type of game the art looked awesome the story looked interesting and like i just love teen stories like i i was thinking about this the other day it's just like i just love high school stuff and i was like like high school wasn't that great i think i just like the idea of like not having any real pressure on you and just being able to hang out with friends and chill mm-hmm. i think that's why i like that's why i love the persona series and oxen free and oh, dude, stuff like yes. that but oxen free the story is really good i love the dynamic like chatting system where it's like you have the free bubbles and you get Mm -hmm. to do those choices but the thing is you can just there's a trophy for not saying anything for the whole game (laughs) i want to do that i never knew that actually yeah not only for the trophy but just to see how the story plays out where you don't say anything can you imagine that like that's incredible but also you can interrupt other people who are talking that's what i hated that was my biggest complaint of the game <laughs> everybody else is like look how real the conversations are you're interrupting i'm like don't interrupt and i totally just interrupted you to t- to say that so i am aware of the irony there <laughs> but yeah there's games like oxen free like insight those are two definitely mm-hmm. standouts there's, and like all the games i've got now i feel like battlefield one i haven't played it yet uh, but the story oh just gosh. sounds so up my alley. I was playing Call of Duty 2 yesterday instead of nice. all the other games I have. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> because go I, back I, 10 years. Yeah, that was the first game I ever played multiplayer on, on PC back in the day. And I bought it for backwards compatible on Xbox One. Been playing it throughout this year. I was playing it last night. And I love those World War 2 stories and World War 1. I'm a big history fanatic. So oh, Battlefield nice. 1, I, the idea I was like, yeah, this sounds awesome. But then when reviews actually came out and I heard about how they've actually told the story, like it sounds really depressing. It sounds really real. And it sounds good it sounds like they've put so much time and effort into it and i want to play that Watch Dogs 2 seems like a lot of fun i love yeah. the titanfall series so i feel like there's a lot of games here that could be my game of the year but so far this year like definitely inside oxen free and overwatch yeah did you play uncharted 4 oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah, just uncharted like as well. that okay so and i don't mean to like poke fun or anything but like that right. is I feel like the conversation a lot of people are having, they're listing off 12 games and they go, oh yeah, this year Uncharted 4 came out. And what a drop off. And I'm, I, with all due respect, this, I have to, I'm only saying this because I have to remind myself to keep it within my conversation that it was, I gave it a 10 this year. It was the best looking console game. I, they nailed it in terms of upping the ante, I think, uh, very similar to the way that Playdead did with Inside. Like when you have a game like Limbo, which is very simple, um, like what else are you going to do with that kind of style? And they just smash their expectations. I feel like Naughty Dog did the exact same thing, just to a Definitely. multi-million dollar kind of scale. So yeah, I wanted to know if like, I feel like many people are doing what you what you just did, where like I, I, you almost forget that Uncharted happened this, this yeah. May. The thing is with Uncharted, like there's a few elements that m- make it a bit f- not forgettable but just why that happens and it's like yep. partly something like overwatch you can just play it over and over again so obviously it stays in the conversation there's updates all that type of stuff uncharted it's that ex- that story experience that you play through once 
And I have been playing through again to get more collectibles and get all the optional side conversations, which are great. But this is that one thing where you play it once and you're like, oh, that was amazing and everyone's raving about it for a month and then everyone moves on. Mm-hmm. And it's also the thing where it's like, I think for a lot of people, for people who played all the Uncharted's, Uncharted 4 is their game of the year. For people who had never played any Uncharted game and they just played Uncharted 4 or hadn't played any of the Uncharted, a lot of them just wouldn't touch Uncharted 4 because they feel like, I need to play 1, 2, and 3. Like, that causes a bit of a rift between, I think, a majority mm-hmm. of people who have never played Uncharted, and so they can't just jump into their experience like Inside or Overwatch and just... They they could then still have a good time, but I think for you and I, you've played all the Uncharted, I've played all oh, the yeah. Uncharted, and that's what makes it 10, because all the nostalgia in there, all those moments reflecting back onto characters, your relationship that you have with these characters and the stories, like that's what makes it so special. Like It's a great mm-hmm. game in itself, but that connection from the whole series just makes it that much better. Now, forgive me for forgetting for this. Do you have an Xbox? Yeah, Xbox play, One, yeah. Did you play Quantum Break? No, see, that's a title everyone keeps forgetting about, and I was really excited for it, and I just didn't end up picking up because I was busy. I was doing my internship at the time and mm-hmm. just didn't end up picking up, but that that looked like a really cool title that like no one's talked about. I know. It, it's a this year. big time, like just kind of what you said, like it, it, it just people moved on completely. Um, it's a shame too, because it did bring something fairly new, like in terms of the way that it did its storytelling. But as you're mentioning a lot of these games, like it is kind of nice that we're getting such a wide variety of different types of games. This was a banner year for shooters as well. Uh, but anyways, I, I don't want to get into too much more of that, but quantum break, I think does definitely deserves a shadow, but I still feel like it's not kind of even top 10 kind of category, but definitely worth remembering anyways. But is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we before we close things out? Is there anything that's been on uh, been on your mind the last little while? Like what's what's up? Uh, let me think. I did have a bunch of notes, and I will just look ah. through them. Okay, I just remembered one thing. Uh, I think we've we've covered most things. One thing that I did want to say is listing off all those accomplishments or things I've done throughout this year. When I was writing that list, I was like these are all great and these are all great experiences that have happened naturally and I feel like have built up my skills for where I want to go without really having to push for it. Like they just happened naturally. Um, but I think a lot of the best things that have come out of doing all these things is I'm not just an outsider in the games industry anymore. I'm part of it. When yeah, I went man. to PAX last year, PAX Australia, it was my first time. I was very much networking, trying to meet people. I was trying to meet companies to do my internship, knowing I had to do it. But this year when I went, it was just catching up with a lot of friends, a lot of people I met from last year, throughout this year. Like There's so many people now who, when I see them, I just go up and hug them and we just chat. And it's not about, oh, like I'm looking to do this and trying to get in on something. It's just catching up with people and being part of that industry and being able to meet so many wonderful people, make so many re- great relationships and friends throughout this year has been, is definitely the highlight with, without that. Like that's the bit that makes me smile at the end of the day. Oh, that's the best. That just warms. Well, you're such a nice guy. How can you not like, you just <laughs> put yourself out there and then you got a million friends around you and you're just, you're just part of it. I'm so glad that we got a chance to catch up let's we should definitely not wait a full year we'll no. have our, our our e3 specials and we'll have we should definitely do this a little more often there's got to be a, maybe definitely. we'll we'll maybe we'll facetime during um maybe when my son is born yes yes <laughs> just sully i love this i love to say hello to sully that sounds awesome well thanks again man i really appreciate it no problem
coming to a close. My dog is coming to say hello. Harley, the show is over, buddy. You just missed it. How could you, how could you miss? Oh, what a little guy. Oh, you're still here. Oh, I didn't see you there. Hi. Um, okay, well, that's the end of the show. Thank you again to Seamus for celebrating a year. I, I wasn't even sure if, if you'd be up for it. Not because of him. It's because of my own kind of weird thing. It's nice that, that people also think that this is special. So thank you to Seamus. What a year. I hope you guys are had a great 2016. I hope you take some time to reflect and just think back on all the stuff. That it, otherwise, life just keeps going. The world keeps spinning around the old sun. I won't get too much into that. But um, do, do you this Christmas, this holiday season. Make some time for yourself, for your family. Enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it anyways. But holy crap, we've done... 50 episodes since Seamus was on on the, the inaugural version of this We The Gamer Cast format. It's all thanks to him. And thanks to, I mean, a lot of it is thanks to him. There's obviously been other guests since, so it's all thanks to them as well. But let's just, don't get upset. Don't get too excited right now. Right now it's about Seamus. It's Seamus's mullet. It's not his mullet, his moment. Seamus's moment. Don't take it away from him. It's a special day. And thank you to you. All my guests are one thing, but you for listening and subscribing, you make it happen too. It's all, we're all in this together. So I hope you see a little bit of yourself in this show. And if, again, if you want to be part of it, you don't just have to be a listener. Let's, let's talk. Grab a coffee or a beer or a Murakano like Lucas Rose and I created a few weeks ago. You can do that. You can also email wethegamercast at wethenerdy.com. You can send me a tweet, Sean Capri, Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. And remember, We The Nerdy is the reason this whole thing happens. Andrew Semichek, wethenerdy.com. So much going on there. A little teaser here. We're doing our, our Game of the Year stuff we talked about last week. And I've looked at some of the early results. We still have all month for the writers to finish their picks. We have all month. December 31st is our deadline to, to submit. And the the front runner at the moment, like by far, is a game that I won't tell you right now, but it's a game you may you probably have forgotten about this game. You will not guess what will likely be the We the Nerdy game of the year. I'm surprised. You may be surprised. I'm not even gonna do a clever little hint, like a little pun. I gotta be careful here. I feel like I might actually accidentally do it. So stay tuned for that. We're, we're gathering results. We're playing as much as we can over these last few weeks in December. So stay tuned to We The Nerdy for that. Um, I think Antonio Guillen might be hooking us up with a little bit of help on the video side. He may be hearing this as a reminder. So thank you, Antonio, for that. Remember, I'm on Netflix and Chill. It's on iTunes and YouTube.com slash We The Nerdy. It's our movie podcast. You can also find me on If We Ran Nintendo with Bobby, the Nintendo guru, on YouTube.com slash nintendo guru or itunes stitcher and soundcloud and google play otherwise this is episode 61 it is now in your ears i will be back next week with scott jones from ep daily reviews on the run and more i hope you're there too and now it's time for jason 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 Jason! Sean! Sean! 
Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!